Hello and welcome to GameSpot After Dark episode 127. My voice broke. <laughs> and you just kept going. Uh, I just carried I on going. That. <laughs> uh, you are listening to the GameSpot After Dark podcast, of course. I am still your host. Apparently still in my teenage years, maturing, <laughs> voice crackling, breaking, Tamar Hussein. I am joined by definitely adults, Jean-Luc Saipke. Hi, Tam. Oh, not an adult. Jordan Ramey. I am not doing that. I won't. Jordan coming in with the with the sexy smooth voice. The baritone. Uh, yeah, the baritone. And Lucy James. Hi. Oh my god. I don't god. know what that, that was. was. What was that, that was. Elmo? Do we have Elmo? That was Elmo. Balsamic vinegar. <laughs> That's my Elmo. Elmo, Elmo knows where you live. <laughs> oh my God, okay, Elmo! You, you went so high in your vocal range there that the Discord noise gate cut you off. <laughs> so like, I didn't no. even hear half that no. impression. Oh really? Uh, yeah, we heard enough. Yeah. So uh, thank you everyone for listening to my Elmo impression. Please rate it on a scale of one to ten uh, in the comments. As always, we're going to kick off the show with what we've been doing slash playing, and I'm going to kick it over to. Jordan, who has not written anything in our planning doc about what he's doing, so this is going to be a surprise to us. Jordan, uh, this, this by the way, is like an indication of what Tam would be like as a teacher, because I notice you do this every week. If you haven't filled in the doc, he hones in on yeah, you and I comes to you first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I who, have has, to, who has like, rushed the homework? Who has I, did, I, was, I did teach a class for a, a couple of months before I gave up that life uh, in, in school. Remember that? <laughs> And then you realize why? Why the f am I going back to? Well, school? I was I was teaching I was teaching fucking toddlers. <laughs> like, it was a nightmare. It was an absolute nightmare. That's even worse. They don't even listen to directions. Yeah, they at just that don't point. care. They're like, I was like, no, don't eat that sand, please. <laughs> uh, well, fuck. What have I done? I haven't been playing anything. I haven't watched anything since the vacation. Oh wait, no. No, that's not true. I have been spending most of my free time uh, binge-watching Campaign 2 of Critical Role because I am like, oh, I I, I, I enjoy Dungeons & Dragons. I mm -hmm. should... Uh, and I enjoy Dimension 20. I should watch Critical Role because everyone says Critical Role is fantastic. I'm on, like, episode... I don't know, 16 or 17, and it's fucking fantastic. I I enjoy it immensely. Um, for people who don't know, Critical Role is just like a live stream show of uh, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, and it's basically just a lot of uh, video game and anime voice actors playing the game. So like Laura Bailey's in it, Matt Mercer's in it. Uh, so they're able to do a lot of like really good... Mm. voices because they have been voice actors for a very very long time um and yeah they uh do it on a weekly live stream show i'm just watching the vods just trying to catch up because they're on campaign three and each of their campaigns is like 130 140 episodes uh how long's so, each episode uh the shortest episode i've watched i think is two and a half hours long and i think the wow. longest i've seen is seven hours long oh, wow shit like <laughs> i've i've seen bits and because they have some they have some big names come on there sometimes like yeah. i know joe yeah. manganello was on there and debran wall was on there a little while back obviously like um, the, the voice actors that we know roger craig smith's on it and 
Yeah. Uh, um, Two oh, thingy from Last of Us, like Ellie. What's her name? Yeah. Uh, uh, oh my god, I could see her face. I always want to say Ashley Johnson. Ashley, yeah, it's Ashley Johnson, Johnson, it is. is it? I, okay. I heard Ashley in my head just went Ashley Birch, um, yeah. who has a very good TikTok account that I found yesterday. Um, that's the thing. So I, too, have wanted to get into Critical Role um, because I follow quite a few people who are big fans of it in the space. And then I didn't realize just how big it was. Part of it, I didn't realize until like the Twitch leaks came out. Mm-hmm. And everyone was talking about Critical Role, but also the fact that like they and the day that we're recording it, a new trailer for their Amazon show just dropped as well, mm-hmm. and they have like comics and everything. And mm. I've listened to a bit of the Adventure Zone because um, I'm a huge McElroy's um, fan, but Critical Role is probably like, is it easier to get into? Because I found like I can't just put the Adventure Zone on in the background, at least because I wasn't very familiar with D and D. And so for the first few episodes, I was like, what the hell is a perception check, you know? So is this yeah. one a bit more digestible? Mm, I probably not. Like, it, it, it's because it's one of those things. I haven't watched the first campaign. A lot of people I know were like, oh, campaign two is just so much better because they've gotten into a groove because mm. that's like. 115 episodes in for them. And so I started with campaign two. And even with that, it took like five-ish episodes for me to like become fully invested and understand what all the classes they were using and stuff Mm. like that if you really want to watch like a dungeons and dragons show i would start with dimension 20 just because it's a little bit more Mm -hmm. accessible friendly they put like uh the character sheets prominently up they have drawings of the important characters that they introduced so you can like visualize who's who and whatnot they have very detailed sets and each of their episodes is usually only an hour to like two hours tops Mm. so they're a bit more digestible to uh get into and sometimes folks from critical role uh guest on to dimension 20 so it's like i would start with probably a dimension 20 campaign they have Mm -hmm. a bunch because their campaigns are only like 20 episodes uh long and then after doing one of the dimension 20 campaigns then going over to critical role and being like oh i now just know like what uh rolling for an insight check entails and like i understand that (laughs) yeah because i i have also really wanted to play dungeons dragons but like despite you know Mm -hmm. being in my house for the last two Yes, it's weirdly hard to get people together to commit. <laughs> I have wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons for like Same. the past like two, three years, and I'm like, of all the times to have like a strong inkling Hold to on. play Dungeons and Dragons, it's during a time where it's like, no, please don't gather indoors <laughs> with a bunch of other people. <laughs> Hold on, though, does everybody in this in this chat want to try and play Dungeons and Dragons? Because yes, that's I will yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, well, that's a full party right there then. Yeah, we, got, we, we just need someone to DM it. That's the problem. Yeah, doesn't Matt Elfring do Dungeons and Dragons? Doesn't he DM I a campaign? I feel like maybe, maybe yeah, uh, you could rob Matt in or something. Not to uh, <laughs> not to uh, 
monetize everything we do, but I was going to say that could be a fun uh, <laughs> game, game spot after Lords, Dark. Dungeons and Dragons. Well, I always loved our, uh, our next Twitch stream uh, series. Uh, Giant Bombs, um, uh, Giant Beast Cast, they used to do a thing yeah, where Austin, uh, Austin would DM for them over the holiday break as like their mm -hmm. kind of special one-off episodes, and I always loved those, because those were like a little small, little like, little treat. You get to a tiny little yeah. dungeon experience. Uh, I think what we could do is like do them on the side, get comfortable with it, and then have yeah. one on. Well, on, like, we could do show. instead of like jumping headfirst into Dungeons and Dragons, we could try a couple one shots of things that are a little simpler. Yeah. Um. Before you know, doing the whole thing, but mm. like, has anyone ever made like a like a from software themed? type oh, module yeah, or okay, oh yeah yes, oh yeah i, I mean like a bloodborne I mean, uh campaign there's 100% love yeah 100% one. so johnny i will say whenever i like uh when lots of people are starting i know that a lot of people use the uh what it's called kids on broomsticks version which was originally i think conceived for folks who wanted to make uh like harry potter style wow. uh mm. D, D campaigns but mm. it's basically a system where you make your character and then you decide like and then there's all the, your stats like uh your grit and your charisma and stuff like that and then you basically assign each one of your stats one of your six die so one gets the d20 one gets the d12 one gets the mm -hmm. d8 the d6 the d4 and so when you're running those checks all you have to do is just roll that die and you just know like oh my worst stat is the one that i have the smallest die on so it's the hardest one to hit higher numbers and if you manage to hit the highest number so if you were like running the d4 on like a charisma and you happen to hit the four it's considered an explosion you get to roll it again so it's like oh run this is a charisma check and it's like it's gonna be a seven check and you're like well i'm using the d4 so like it's still possible to hit it mm. you could explode on a four and then run a three on your second roll mm. um uh so I would advise most people who are beginning to do something like that just because it's like you don't have to really remember anything. You just have to remember which of your six die correlates to which of your mm -hmm. six different right. stats. <laughs> That's cool. Because, um, yeah, I mean, Johnny Chiodini, they used to work for GameSpot um, mm. back in the day. They went and worked for Eurogamer, then Dicebreaker, um, a website obviously all about board games um but johnny now dms for um outside xbox and ox venture mm. and they are kind of doing like their own little critical role thing like they're doing really well and they have all these uh video series that they really enjoy and like i was at Eurogamer. was it Eurogamer? no i was at mcm expo and like they go and like dress up as their characters and do a whole live show and That's it was so really cool, cool. Uh, yeah, super I've, cool i would i because i've had a character that i've wanted to do for ages which is yeah. a mage who doesn't believe in magic um <laughs> i like that like <laughs> i love that a lot it's, it's like the equivalent of like uh someone who's like doesn't is, believe in god yeah. and all these miracles are happening yeah it's straight <laughs> up a kid from east london who doesn't believe in magic but is the most powerful mage in the world <laughs> but it just like refuses to, it's like big mob psycho 100 energy <laughs> it's just like eh. excellent excellent um, and i've just been looking for an excuse to create something with this character <laughs> um but yeah i would love to do that and like we i like lucy's done the same thing that like we did a course where we had to create a, a dungeons and dragons campaign style thing 
And like I did one of those and it was that when I did that, I was like, yeah, this is really fun. And then I found out everyone's bloody doing Dungeons and Dragons. I was speaking to my younger brother and he was like, yeah, I've been doing D&D for a year and a half now. I was like, what? what? You, wow. you, he's you like, didn't tell I was me. like, I was like, why do you just didn't tell me? Like, this isn't the thing that you, I would have expected from you. He's like, yeah, I DM all, all the time. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> kid, I don't know my younger brother at all anymore. What else are you doing, drugs? Thankfully not. It's just all right. Sounds like we have to put together yeah. a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Yeah, and then maybe we, we monetize the shit out of it. And then monetize it. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. It maybe we could do fun. like a, once we're good, we can do the one-offs on like um on a st- live stream or something. That could be really cool. Maybe yeah. Um, now that we said it, we're just gonna get absolutely pestered about it constantly by everyone. But you love nah. it. The critical role, Jordan. Enjoying yeah. it. Good. Really good. Uh, I would say. I think the main reason I've been doing that is because last week I had a volleyball game and on the second to last point of the last second to last point in the match for the last game of the evening, I landed and rolled my ankle. I was like, fuck. And so I've just been like put up for like the past couple of days and I'm like, eh. I, always, I should probably do something, and I'm like, I'll just start binge-watching Critical Role while raising and icing my foot. <laughs> I always forget that you play volleyball. Mm-hmm. Such a, is this, did your volleyball uh, obsession start with Haikyuu? Be honest. It did not. Um, it started in How excited were you when Haikyuu came out then? Yeah. <laughs> about to say, it... It started when I was playing basketball and my sister was playing basketball and volleyball and I would go to summer for volleyball games and I'd be like, okay, that does look kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And then I tried it and I'm like, damn, this is kind of cool. And then I just started playing it in middle school and then I kept doing it in high school. And then they're like, do you want to keep doing it in college? Like this one college would love to have you on the team. I'm like, nah. <laughs> that's not where I thought I was going. I, I thought you were going to like. I you were going to go to you college an all-star and all-star volleyball player as a team no. and ride no. ride this volleyball. Uh, yeah. Imagine that. Way. Like, uh, imagine that. We Google like Jordan's uh, Jordan Ramey volleyball, and it yeah. turns out he's like this legendary team volleyball. <laughs> oh, yeah, player and then I went on to the Olympic to, team, to, and yeah, the quit US to, got the to work at Gamespot.com, <laughs> and suddenly we all feel guilty because. <laughs> We thought Jordan was just into indie games. We didn't know he was a. He could have gone for the gold over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's really cool. I'd, I need to. So, like, I did what? Netball for a while. We didn't have basketball mm. that much. We did. We had mm-hmm. netball. What's netball? I did vol- netball is basketball, <laughs> but lame. <laughs> Net- no, no, no. Netball is basketball. It's a, I can't remember what I was talking about this and it might have been like a kind of funny podcast back in the day when, because um, it's like, I think it's, it started out in Britain, but it was basically um, a version of basketball, but like the rules are different to make it like less contact. So for example, when you play netball, when you catch the ball, you plant one foot down and the first foot that you put down, you then cannot move while you hold the ball. So all you can do is use your other pivot. foot to pivot round. Mm. Um, 
it's basically like basketball. With, there's no dribbling either. I feel like yeah, I have me. played. A I've got to say that this. sounds yeah. like something that we would have done in PE. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. It, it is. Yeah. It is a kind of like it feels like a mental exercise. You do that coaches give their basketball players to teach yeah. them things about Could positioning them control and, yeah. and control mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff yeah. it's basically turn-based basketball where like when you get the ball <laughs> you stand in place and it's like the menu pops up and it's like pass attack special move item <laughs> like that's what Damn, it is. Is that a video game because i would play the <laughs> shit out of a turn-based basketball uh please game. look forward to my turn-based basketball oh, video game coming soon. that actually sounds really dope yeah, I've been um, waiting for an actual volleyball video game for <laughs> forever. But I don't think that it's would ever be so happen. good. What do you mean? Uh, so Dead or Alive Extreme Two exists. <laughs> I think that's honestly the best volleyball video game we've ever gotten, Was and it? I'm not gonna invest hundreds of hours into that, John Luke. I won't put that. Can, is there mods for it where you can put clothes on the women? <laughs> so it's less embarrassing. <laughs> is there any volleyball in like any of the Olympics games? You think? Oh, like Mario or I Sonic? Don't think so. Playing volleyball? I don't about think the official so. Olympics games. You know? I know that there's like a sim volleyball game because I did Google this once just to look for it, and it's god awful. So, mm. like, I I think the problem is no one's figured out a way to conveniently make it like okay, so the ball can only touch this character for like a second, and then they have to like try to get it to someplace else, and there needs to be like some sort of skill type thing associated oh, to God. it where the ball doesn't always mm. go to where you're trying to make it go and i'm like i don't know we figured out basketball and uh soccer and football and hockey someone out there must be there able be... to figure out how to make volleyball work there should be a high q volleyball game like i mean you yeah, know sure Tammy, mm-hmm. you've talked about how like anime needs to expand outside of just being arena mm-hmm. fighters Anime it would be volleyball an arena somehow. <laughs> yeah, somehow they would. Somehow fighter. Bandai Namco would get it and give it to CyberConnect, and it would be <laughs> an arena-based fighting game. Somehow they they find a way. Um, the last you know, like I the would last... still buy it and play it, and yeah. I would ask you if I could review it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's IQ. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like the last volleyball game that stands out when I search for it is Spike Volleyball, which is on PC, developed by a Black Sheep Studio and published by Na- Nacon, Nacon mm. and based on reviews, looks like dog shit. So yeah, you truly hate to see it. Um, apparently, it's extremely buggy. Dead or Alive Extreme, still the best volleyball game in existence. Dead or Alive Paradise. Like you're joking, but you're probably I'm not. Right. Jo- I'm not joking. Like, no, no, it genuinely is. <laughs> it is genuinely a good volleyball game. It's just, yeah. you know. You know. <laughs> you know. It's Dead or Alive. A lot there's of Uber. Not, I was going to say, there's. Oh, I was trying to make some kind of comparison, like big balls on screen, mm-hmm. like big boobs on screen. It didn't work mm-hmm. out. Let's move on. Just <laughs> say the the volleyball isn't the only thing jiggling one side to the other. Shit, that's better. Yeah, yeah, um, there it is. Lucy, what have you been up to? Mate. Oh, my God. Okay. Yellow jackets. What is this? Mm-hmm. I, right. Oh, my timeline it's is only one more up. episode. My timeline is blowing I, up with yellow jackets. And I have, no I have a... Um, a text thread with uh, Georgia, Callie, uh, Chastity, uh, and a few of our other friends. And like, there's there's no great of like vindication as when you recommend a show, and then a couple hours later, someone pops up and goes, "Lucy was right. I've just binge watched like the first three of these." That's what <laughs> happened. Doesn't that happen to you? 
Like, didn't you get it recommended to you? And like a few hours yeah. later, you're like, damn, this is really good. So, <laughs> um, I first saw about Yellow Jackets, uh, Patrick Klepik actually was tweeting about it. And he said, it's basically like Lost. And I was like, all right, you've, you've got my interest. And then Simon Cardi, friend of the show. Uh, Andrew Goldfarb, friend of the show. Joey Noel, friend of the show. We're all like, Lucy, this is your shit. You need to watch this. Because not only is this show lost, it, it's about a, a girls football team. And I mean that in the British term, football, not American football. And they are going to nationals and their plane crashes in the wilderness uh, on the way there. And it is done in this dual timeline thing where you see them in 1996, because that's when it all happens. But then they also see, you also see it present day and you see the people who survived and just how messed up they are. Um, and the fact is that they did some really dark shit to survive. And you get little hints about what that is, like in the first episode. I'm sure you can kind of guess like the kind of stuff that they would have to do to survive. Um, but when they when they got out, like when they get rescued, and like you don't see the rescue or anything, or at least I haven't yet, um, they agreed never to say more than they have to. And then in the modern day that lie is like starting to just come out and there's so many more secrets and layers to it it's so good it's I'm, unbelievably good yeah i'm two episodes in and i say that with a sense of uh disheartenment because i want to watch more but at the same time i know that there's a limited number of episodes and i don't yeah. want to just binge it i'm doing one every other day so I can get to Saturday when I'll binge the end of it and like, yeah. like watch the last couple. I don't know when the finale is coming out. It's this um, weekend. This week, yeah. yeah. So I so yeah, I've yeah, timed yeah. it right there, and I've done that via a uh, Showtime week uh, trial. That's exactly what I have done. <laughs> I have got a Showtime um, uh, trial. But so yeah, you like, guys, like I don't everyone... know how you feel, but are you like a little disappointed? Pointed, maybe disappointed is too strong a word. Are you a little disappointed that they announced that there's going to be a second, a second season? season? I, like, was I was kind of really yeah. hoping that it would like mm. wrap right here at the finale and it would just be this limited yeah. 10 episode like mystery thing. But I'm like, oh no, they're going to have to like stretch I mean, it out for at least a second see, season. Yeah, where they would go with it. Like, I'm intrigued to see where they would go with it. I'm not writing it off yeah. immediately, but like. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, it would be amazing if it was just like, you know, Watchmen did that one, they, they came out and they were like, it's going to be one season, it's going to be fucking amazing. And it's going to be a baller season. And it's going to be the best. Um, yeah, it is, it is like, uh, obviously everyone compares it to Lost, but the other thing is Lord of the Flies, oh, which is... Um, massive Lord of the Flies energy. It is basically <laughs> oh. that. It is Lost meets Lord of the Flies, and... It's also brutal. Like, yeah, it is very, Jesus Christ. Yeah, from and I think that's what really makes it work. It is the mm -hmm. very stark contrast between tone, um, color palette, uh, mm -hmm. direction, like the way each set, setting scene and is framed, and also writing. Um, the two time periods feel like two different shows that have been interspersed together, where yeah. one show is a Fox CW style coming-of-age teen drama story in the vein of, I don't know, like a Smallville without the superpowers. Uh, it's more like OC, One Tree Hill, that kind of stuff, where you have, you know, teenagers being teenagers, vicious mm -hmm. to each other, but also trying to find who they are in the world. 
and the other side feels like a h not hbo but like i don't know feels like a an unexpected dexter style horror thing yeah. where mm. something it's like turning it on its head like there's real gnarly shit happening on the island and it is like the most uh comprehensive and extreme exploration of the human condition under pressure like you get two different extremes of placing personalities and people into like um pressure cooker scenarios one being the natural one that everyone f- draws fiction from which is just teenage years and growing up in mm. school and what that can do to you and the thing the stupid things or the good things that you might encounter to that and the other one is like extreme fight for survival and honestly the the thing that i love about it is sometimes you look at the things happening on the island when shit is real bad and some and you also look at the things that are happening in the the uh kind of 90s time when they're kids and you're like the thing that they're doing as kids is way worse than the thing that they're doing as uh, on the island and that's kind of where it is where you're like that's fucked up i can't believe you did that and then it cuts to the mm-hmm. island and something like brutal gory and hor- horrific is happening and you're like horrific. yeah that yeah you're like that sucks but yeah. like i'm still thinking about that thing she said or like that moment yeah. where she shunned her friend and like embarrassed this person or that person and it is um like i think it is uh, uh hate to hate to bring this this dude up again but joss whedon when they were talking about um creating buffy one of the kind of underlying principle was like um high school is hell and and that's what that show was designed to kind of expand upon and expound upon um and this feels like a very much a similar situation taken to another extreme where it's like high school is hell and what happens if you take people when they're at their most vulnerable as personalities and morals and put mm. them in a scenario where half-baked people could do some really really terrible things and how would they survive and how would they adapt and what would they be like when they come out the other side so it is an exploration of that so there's technically three time periods right where it's like mm. when they're when they're young the the island yeah. and then when they're older so like you're seeing three and they're stages all good of, yeah and they're and all, then, all good. of them are good which is like I'm, I'm never mad when it <laughs> yeah. goes to a, wow. a different time period i'm like yeah because it just like there's there's layers of mystery to it um there's also kind of like a weird morbid thing when you're watching it because you see some stuff from the present day and you're like oh well i remember this character was on the team and i haven't seen them like are they gonna die or are they just not part of this story it's like the thing that i really love about it and like you touched upon this as well is like it's a it's a woman show fronted show Mm -hmm. and like even in the music yeah, and like, but they talk, like, the, the the dialogue feels and sounds so natural and so good, and it's like, the actors, like, react to each other, and like, they form these bonds while they're out in the wilderness, but you can see that they have, like, the drive that they mm-hmm. need to survive, and also it's the fact that, like, the dudes in the story are just, they're not the heroes here, they're not the ones, they're not the, the knights in shining armor, it's like, the women being like, no, we're going to get this shit done. Hell yeah. Um, and like, there's a, there's a bit in the first episode where they're talking about, they, they drive past this, um, I think it's a gas station, and they have a big sign celebrating the male football team or the male baseball team. And they're like, what the hell? They haven't won anything. We're literally going to nationals. And it's like, kind of picks apart at, at that kind of stuff as well. And it's um, very, like, 
I, I'm so excited to see how it goes. It's yeah. it's like if it's basically, and I, I don't want to be reductive in comparing it to Lost, but they even use some of the similar like whooshing sounds when they go into flashbacks and whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like Lost was a, was I love Lost, but like it was never gory. It never really had any real peril. Like, and then you see these girls like starving and learning how to hunt and you know, figuring out, you know, who's going to be responsible for this and giving out roles and stuff. And Lost, they did that, but it never felt grounded, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Yellow Jackets is a great show. And yeah. also, like, Christina Ricci? I don't want to say anything other than that, but, like, this is maybe the best thing I've ever seen her in. Mm-hmm. She is unbelievably good. Yeah. And then also and- you get the kind of... Um, one of the things that I love is, like, the the how their lives as you, you kids kind of things happen to them and you're like oh god that is gonna you know how you know how someone will go through something and then you're like oh that's gonna be trauma 10 years from now <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and people like play it off as a joke you watch that happen to kids like yeah. these girls and you're like someone will say something and it will like hit them in a certain way and you're like oh that's gonna come back in the future when then you, and, it, and then it cuts to an, yeah. but like there is no therapy where it manifests is on an island where no one is watching and the the like rules mm. are bendable and anyone could say or do anything so there's yeah. a genuine like feeling of unease when someone is like in a very normal way in a very common way like a dispute between two friends happens in the in their younger years you you don't just look at that and be like, oh, I hope they figure that out. You're like, oh, fuck, how is that going to manifest on the island later on when no one's around and the everyone's island. like on extreme measures? And then you watch what happens on the island. You're like, oh, God, how is that going to come back in the future where they're older and they've presumably yeah. some of them got off the island? So it's just, there's a constant tension between each time period that goes back and forth. That It is a very cerebral show in that you're constantly thinking about knock-on effects and ripple effects Mm. and that kind of stuff and that's what lost did a small amount of but not a great deal because it felt like the flash um the island stuff and the flashback slash forwards were very contained in their own timelines and you're watching it but it didn't feel like there was a lot of back and forth between each time period until like Mm. towards the end of the series where they started doing it way more you had origin stories with like you know each character had a history but this feels a little more immediate and because of it's like the the context of it it being more violent or like um in the way that Lucy described there wasn't a lot of peril um you just pay way more attention to it and it feels a little more meaningful um mm. but yeah it's it's incredible like it's a wonderful show um, um you can get a 7 day free trial of Showtime on Amazon <laughs> on like most channels which is what yeah. I did yeah. um although there is another documentary that I keep getting ads for called Cusp which I don't know what it's about, but like the trailer looks, I don't know, interesting and sad. <laughs> interesting and sad. That's interesting and sad. That's the mood I want. for 2022, yeah. Yeah. In it. Um, so yeah, it's Yellow Jackets is a great show. I'm, I, I've, I feel like last year I didn't really watch much TV, whereas this year already, like I've already finished Sex Lives of College Girls, Never Have I Ever, I'll finish Yellow Jackets this weekend, and I'm just like, I don't know. It's nice to be enjoying shows again. Um, it feels like my media consumption sort of goes in waves, and um, there's a lot of shows and, and uh, movies in particular I'm excited for this year. Like Bell. 
I don't know. It's an anime that everyone's going wild over. It's coming out this oh, weekend. Oh, yeah. Mm. It looks so good. But yeah. I think it's this only, coming out, in th- it's out, only the coming out in theaters. And I'm like, yeah. why the no. fuck are anime films only coming out in theaters? Remember when anime films <laughs> never came out in theaters and we could That's have to watch this them is the monkey paw finally. And then, like, like, yeah. we were like, why me? won't you put all our beloved <laughs> cartoons on the big screen? And then they did it. And now we're like, what the fuck? Give us it at home. Um,. So yeah, that's me. Nice. Um, well, yeah, uh, Yellow Jackets was one of my main ones. Um, it was the main one for me. Um, yeah. uh, beyond that, I'm still uh, reading Berserk and loving it. Um, just finished the uh, Fairy Forest arc. I forgot what it was called. The Children of Something or Another, Despair. Uh, I forgot what it's called. But it was gnarly. And um, it is like, uh, I've talked about Berserk a bunch of times, but... Um, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's one of those uh, dark fantasy things that everyone said it like it's essential reading. Like if you're into dark fantasy or fantasy as a genre, you owe it to yourself to try Berserk. Um, but that comes with the caveat that it is it's one of those things where you know people who have no familiarity with uh, anime think all anime is cutesy and fun, and then they mm-hmm. watch something and you're like, what the fuck? This is messed up, and it like really shocks their system. It's one of the mangas where it does that. If you're not familiar with mangas and your only kind of um, uh, knowledge of it is like Dragon Ball or My Hero, and then you read Berserk, and it is one of those like, oh, I think I'm, I'm like going to be disturbed by this for a little while. Um, it's like unexpectedly brutal. It tackles mm. the things. You know the way that Game of Thrones came out and some of the shit they were doing on TV, people were like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is a lot. Um, <laughs> that's how that manga is, where it's like out from the outside, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I didn't expect to see all of this stuff happening. Um, and I remember talking to my younger brother about it, and he was like, yeah, I started reading it on a train, and then I had to stop reading it on a train, um, because people were like looking <laughs> over to see what he was looking at. This is pre-COVID days. Wolf. Um, and some of the some of the like full like two page splashes in that in that series are like a monster like attacking a defenseless person and it is in the most horrible way possible it's graphic as hell it's extremely (laughs) graphic and sometimes like if you're watching you're like but that guy he was the protagonist why is he doing that (laughs) and you're like uh well let's just say guts has had a rough time so uh he's 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 perhaps more fucked up than some of the most evil people in that world um but still, uh, it is, it's incredible, and I love it. And it's one of those things where once you start reading it, you realize how influential it's been. Um, it's like the reason... It's difficult because you... It's difficult to um, recommend Akira in this day and age because Akira is everything. Like, anything you watch, read, play, there's some element of Akira in there. So when people go back to... When I'm like, oh, you've never seen Akira? You should watch Akira. They watch it, and they're like, this is the most derivative shit I've ever seen. And you're like, no, this is where it started. Oh, yeah, this yeah. is this is the thing. <laughs> right, right. This made everything else. Um, but like they've experienced it in ev- every part, every meaningful, like cool part of Akira has been experienced in, I don't know, fucking Kanye West music video or like, like another other show. You're like, yeah, it's like, okay. And God, Berserk still... is like that as well to a degree where you're like, storytelling techniques, iconic panels, character arcs, uh, mm. monster design, like everything. It is like you you have seen stuff in other places, but I think the edge that it has is like it's so like sprawling and it's so ambitious that no one can truly capture all of Berserk in their own work because there's too much to it and there's just too distinct. 
Like if you were trying to do more than one thing from Berserk, you will very obviously look like you're ripping off Berserk. The only people that have really done it is um, from software and they don't do it by taking stuff wholesale. It, they do it like in a very respectful way, like, mm. um, you know, we're taking homages. the theme of this. And we're the theme, but even like design, they have design That's stuff true, that, yeah. that works. Like they have Guts's giant sword in in various forms like even enemy de- design like the bone wheel pinwheel stuff is straight out of berserk and there's like poses that are just like that artorius pose is a guts pose oh yeah <laughs> um yeah and like but they do it in a way that it's like reverence because everyone knows that miyazaki is like a mega dork about um uh, berserk uh, which is um fascinating but um yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, like, how I get on with, like, this is the for the first time, like, I'm in a situation where a thing that I'm actively experiencing and loving, um, I now know will never finish, if you get what I mean, because the mm, yeah. author passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, like, just dreading that, reaching that point. I've still got a while to go, but damn. Um, and the thing is, you, like, it's... Do you think that anyone else would ever... I, I don't I know how common it. this is in Japan, no, but, like, in... At least no. in Western stuff, you know, Robert Jordan died and they got Brandon yeah. Sanderson to finish yeah. Wheel of Time. The problem is... But we like, don't respect the dead here and, like... <laughs> like that's, yeah, capitalism has no respect for the that's dead. That's the thing. Um, I think the tricky thing is, like... Uh, you actually, I guess it's similar for novelizations, but, like, um, you know, it's easier for Brandon Sanderson to pick up... Uh, oh, well, there were notes, and write yeah. It, yeah, notes and stuff, but whereas Kentaro Miro, like, he, with manga, mangaka don't just write the story they draw it so like yeah. it's his art style it's his world it's his yeah. writing dialogue everything it's like truly like authorship is where it comes from and there are definitely like situations where um a, a mangaka has a team of people working with them i know kishimoto had that for naruto and mm-hmm. i think oda has it to a degree for um uh, one piece mm-hmm. and uh toriyama basically trained a bunch of toriyamas to do toriyama shit so uh there's like that dragon ball style is everywhere um but i don't believe that that was the case for kentaro mira um but uh maybe maybe someone else i i think that the what that the audience will have a lot of trouble taking to it um especially in japan um i feel like in Mm -hmm. japan it's trickier to pull that kind of stuff off um, yeah. I imagine in the West it will be fine. But only like nerds like us will be like, "This sucks, don't do that." Yeah. But um, also, it kind of depends on where the. St- I don't know where the where he like where his kind of work on it ends. So if it's like on a crazy cliffhanger, maybe there is a thirst for it. But I don't know. For the most part, I've seen I've not seen people calling for others to come along and or even suggesting, "Hey, this person could do it." Because I don't think there is anyone that could. It do might it. actually like, wrap up nicely for like. Yeah, yeah, I don't actually um, know how it ends. Yeah, <laughs> and, and like I said, like there's, I don't think there's an easy person that you point to and say this person's other than Miyazaki. Like that would be my person <laughs> to be like Miyazaki comes full circle and he takes what it is and 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 they work on it. Um, I would love to see that happen, but I don't think Miyazaki would do it. But I think he would be like, no, no. good. Yeah. I, I I don't want to touch this lineage, and I don't I don't want to potentially ruin it by. By um, not ruin it, but like not do it justice. Like, how can you do justice to a thing that you love that much and has inspired you that much? It makes you the both the perfect person to carry on the legacy and the worst person to carry on the legacy. Which yeah, is yeah. I can't even imagine the pressure that would. Yeah, no, the pressure no. that would be insane. Yeah. I think the best you could hope for is just maybe maybe he had you know some 
some notes and some kind of ideas and maybe maybe that stuff would eventually get sort of yeah, archived published. and published mm -hmm. as sort of just yeah. a like here's kind of just some of you know his his unfinished work um that doesn't yeah. really mean anything necessarily but like is for you to enjoy and appreciate yeah but yeah i just uh that's one of those things where i just like i can't believe how like good it is and like how iconic it is and like i read it pretty much every day like in in bed and it's just like so so it feels like the world falls away when i'm reading it like and it's just absorbs me completely and it's it's just like so good to be able to it feels good to still have that with something because these days it's like it's harder and harder for me to to kind of get enraptured by something um i talked about this before but like i'm i have incredible like attention issues and mm. and focus issues currently and like very few things will hold my attention for long periods of time whereas that one just does a trick so I'm dreading it running out, but I'm sure there's other things I can pick up. But yeah, um, Berserk is great. And going along with that, I'm playing Dark Souls 3 again. Uh, it's the, I, I have not played it properly since um, release when I played it a lot and then I didn't really come back to it. So this is my, basically my first time starting from scratch. And it is uh, a lot of fun. That game still absolutely rules. Um, I think I'm liking it more than when I played it for the first time. Um, and maybe that's because like I've played a whole bunch of Sekiro and Bloodborne since then, so it feels like a mm. nice new return, comforting return to it. I love Dark um, Souls three so much. It's so, so good. good. It's so good. Um, I I'm streaming it. Um, so uh, I'm playing it in like small chunks or decent chunks, like three hours at a time. Um, last time I streamed it was Monday, oh my God. and it was a <laughs> it was a hell of a time. <laughs> Let's just say. Um, Tam Tam has one of the best uh, channel point rewards I've ever seen, but it is truly yeah, a blessing and a curse. It's a yeah. curse for you. It's amazing to watch. Yeah. So there's a one of the rewards is a JoJo reward, which when you redeem it, it starts playing Roundabout. <laughs> and then and uh and uh and then the point at the point is like i have to manually press a button so it cuts to like zoom and has the to be continued there so like every time it starts i have to fumble for my stream deck to find the button and then time it so i like i can do the zoom punch to my eyes and like have the have the uh, to be continued meme pop up um uh, and, and like you know, a lot of times in Dark Souls Three, where you don't want that to, happen. dude. People do it. They wait for me to start a boss fight, and they will wait for like the decisive moment, and then activate it. And they'll do it like four or five times in a row, like and like the one on the one on Monday was. It was ridiculous. just nonstop. It was I was fighting the Watchers uh, uh, of the Abyss, Abyss Watchers, and um, people Great just boss. like chaining it like eight times i had to do it like back and forth and while i was fighting the uh while i was fighting the uh the tree the first i think it's the first proper boss um like they Not had done fucking it tree yeah they did it's, it's so annoying the um, the rotted great yeah, wood or whatever. great wood or whatever like sometimes like i remember the first time i played it i absolutely just destroyed it first time i had yeah. no issues with it this time i was getting <laughs> rolled hard i was but the same did... way like every subsequent time i've played yeah. that boss i'm like i remember this being so easy yeah. the first time was there a it patch that like I made don't it know, maybe. more difficult <laughs> it's like weirdly janky with it because the camera kind of not great in that in that moment and uh, in that boss fight and um it's it's doable, but it's just annoying. But like people 
were spamming it so much that I just left it zoomed into my eyes. <laughs> and uh, I was like, you can just watch my eye. And then like people were pointing out how insane my eye movements are while fighting in Dark Souls. They're like darting back and forth nonstop. And other people were like, we can still watch the boss fight through the reflection in his eyes. <laughs> oh my God. So like, because I've got the screen real close. So they're watching it happen. I thought I was doing them over by not showing them what was going on. They're like, we saw everything clearly because it was reflected in your iris. <laughs> and I was like, this is insane. But that, that game, that game absolutely rules. Like it's, it's so good. It's beautiful. Um, and like, I do this thing where I, I uh, when I'm fighting, doing a big fight or an important fight, I let the chat choose the soundtrack. So I'll like turn the in-game music off and play whatever soundtrack they want. Um, and like, it's always insane shit. So I beat the Abyss Watchers to the tune of Rivers in the Desert from Persona 5, um, which which hit real good. Um, but yeah, that's fun. It's good. Like that game is so good. And, and yeah. like, I'm excited. I've never finished the DLCs. I only played a little bit of them. They're just hard. To... They're so yeah. hard. They're so hard. They're so yeah, hard. I'm excited. <laughs> the problem I had with the DLCs playing them was I, I like, I think I covered them so much that um when they came out i was exhausted i was just like i'll come to oh this at some point and then years went by and i just didn't really get super into them the um, last so boss of the second dlc for dark souls 3 yeah is just... i've 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 heard um <laughs> the last boss of the first one what's her name uh, freya freya frida frida no, oh yeah frida. the Maybe, yeah, one where uh, from Sister. Sauce, like, yo what if we had we've had like two phase boss battles like throughout this entire game and what if at the end we just were like, yo, three phases? <laughs> I think that is actually the hardest boss. Yeah, it's in just the free. That might be for, the for hardest. For me personally, it was Dark so Souls hard. boss I've ever fought. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's messed up. I, rem- I remember seeing that and I remember looking at that and being like, well, let's what if see we put a Bloodborne goes? boss into Dark um, Souls. But I, I'm just 100% going to slave Snape like Gale that one for assistance. So I'll be all right. <laughs> um actually no i'll probably try and do it without just so i can tick it off the list um mm. and say like i did beat that boss on my own summon my um, spirit tam i'll come help yeah. <laughs> i always i have a rule where the first time through i will beat the boss on my own and then over that after that i don't mind summoning and and being fine like yeah um yeah but it's, it's cool uh i'm enjoying that game immensely um and then yeah i'm still playing tales of arise intermittently um that's how far through on. that are you i'm not very far at all because i keep <laughs> no, i'm only playing that on stream but i keep like doing dark souls or building lego on my stream or watching gladiators which which um i might need to rethink given all the dmca stuff happening lately i don't want fucking ulrika johnson and john actually i do want ulrika johnson coming after me ulrika are you gonna get a uh, wolf coming after you in it or cobra cold cobra um but yeah good times good times all right let's kick it over to listener questions if you would like to Please, hold on john wait luke, john john luke. Luke. oh shit i forgot wow about jesus all right wow. okay okay i see how it is i'm sorry i'm sorry john luke john luke he actually did the homework um i why oh it's because you wrote dark souls 3 that's why i looked at it i was like okay that's everyone <laughs> hey, why are people playing dark souls 3 am i missing Go on, something luke, my bad uh I'm playing Dark Souls 3 because, uh, well, so Georgia just started school, and so she's like, all right, I'm going to be, I have a lot more free time now to, like, play, uh, like, catch up on some personal games, and I'm like, ah, oh, I have this big backlog I should catch up on, 
So, of course, I loaded up Dark Souls 3 instead. <laughs> uh, but I thought about it because I was like, oh, Elden Ring's coming out, and, and um, yeah. it would be a nice uh, way to sort nice. of re-get myself back in that from software groove. I don't know if I'm going to finish it, but I at least was like, oh, I'll play a little bit. Um, I just started it, so I'm, I'm not very far. But the thing I'm trying with this one is every from software game I've always played like a very similar build where I just pick like sword and shield guy or or even like oh, I'll mix it up I'll pick a great sword this time like I'm very mm-hmm. stuck in my way so this time I decided to go like full on like battle mage uh like a faith build um which I've never You're done You're doing before. the exact same thing I did. Oh excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I Yeah, but the problem I had is I started reading Berserk at the same time and I was like I want guts now. So now I'm trying to pivot. <laughs> okay. And it's very yeah. difficult. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll I'll be curious to see how that that goes because I've just never experienced that kind of build before. Uh, and when I played a little bit of like Elden Ring, the uh, with that network test, the magic system seems really cool. So um, maybe I'll go for like a kind of dual magic build in that game. I don't know. Um, Faith based builds in Dark Souls Three are hilarious to me because they start off like I think so unbelievably week at the start of the game and they the are. second they start learning like any sort of lightning based miracles it's like cool almost everything in this game is wearing <laughs> some sort of plated armor and is weak to lightning i'm just going to kill everything i'm very excited for that because yeah at the start you just have heal and then you have push which does like nothing it's, it's completely useless and i was like okay uh I I guess I'm not really I'm I'm a magic character, but I'm not doing any magic at all. So mm. yeah, I definitely need to like buy me some miracles and and mess with that stuff. Um, so yeah, that's cool. But uh, like I said, I just started, so I'm much to say. Uh, otherwise, I have been checking out a little bit of God of War on the PC, um, which is I believe out today as of the time of this podcast posting. Um, the PC port. Um, although I don't have much to say about it because it's it's a kind of it's a rather boring port, and I mean that in a good way. Oh. Well, no, no, like in a good way, yeah. in that there's just like, there's, it works. It is, in fact, a PC port mm-hmm. of a console game that runs pretty well. Like, um, I think... Amazing. Sony's gotten pretty good about that. The only one they had weird issues with was Horizon. Um, was kind of, like, buggy and had issues. They've since cleaned it up, but, I mean, um, the uh, Death Stranding port was really good. Uh, I didn't check out the Days Gone part, but apparently that was pretty good. And yeah, this is like, it's God of War on PC. It it looks really good. I'm amazed how well that game holds up um, for a four-year-old mm. game. Because I was just like, God, it's four years yeah. old? Yeah. God, you're right. It came out in 2018. Uh! April 2018. <laughs> no, I was like, because I was playing it and I was like, oh man, this game looks so good still. And I was like, wow. And then I was like, holy shit, this game is Four years old. Just that art direction. It was up for Game of the Year in 2018. It was, yeah. Uh, it was probably mm. my Game of the Year, I think, that year. Um, yeah, that game. That game is real good. Um, and it's it's kind of been Boy. nice to to replay it a little bit on PC. It's a good refresher before uh, Ragnarok, which is what mm-hmm. that's coming out this year, right? That's what they say. Allegedly, I'm, I'm not allegedly. Have they I, not, do they not have a release date? They well, don't. It's coming out the holiday season right and i'm convinced it's going to be delayed into 2023 like i would love to be proven wrong but i'm convinced it's going to be delayed into 2023 Mm. um if you want to read about it we've updated our god of war 
review with some PC impressions written by Phil Hornshaw, and he basically says exactly what Jean-Luc said there. It's a very workman-like um, uh, up, uh, version of the of the game, but that's pretty much exactly where it needs to be. That yeah. original game yeah. was so beautiful, and it just holds up. It transfers. I played a bunch of it as well. Um, I did some capture for us, and yeah, it is. It is like sings on pc it looks really nice mm-hmm. um feels super smooth i didn't replay it when they released the playstation 5 patch so this was my first time playing it at 60 frames per second and it's real nice and it feels good and that game yeah. is a banger as well i had to stop myself from carrying on playing a bunch of it because i was like <laughs> yeah. that's the thing about that game like once you start it like flows so well that you're like it's hard to put down um but i had to be like no yeah. you've got other things to do right now stop yeah. Did you play it with a mouse and keyboard? Because for me, that's no, like I, such a controller I, game. I like, did. It's not the best. It's okay. Uh, mm-hmm. It's very... Like, you get used to it, but I, I don't mm-hmm. know if I'd recommend it because th- that game has just enough weird button combos, and when you apply that to a mouse and keyboard, it's like, okay, uh, you need to uh, throw your axe with the left control button and then you recall it with r because you're reloading the axe i guess and oh. like it's just it, there, there's just all reload your reloading axe. the axe <laughs> it, it's like eventually you get used to it and it makes sense but it feels like i am i'm hitting like one too many buttons and i'm contorting mm. my fingers just enough where i'm like oh yeah. this isn't the most comfortable i'd rather be playing this on a controller so i kind of switched after a while uh, the one thing I do think that makes the PC port really interesting is uh, the ultra wide support yeah. um, is really, really nice. And what I specifically because if I had like one major criticism about God of War is that, um, well, I think the over the shoulder camera does work. It can get really hectic during some of the um, more chaotic fights with a lot of mm-hmm. enemies. You're like, I feel like I just don't have like enough uh peripherals to see what's going on the ultra wide fixes that um or at least like improve that experience for me so i actually found the combat to be superior playing it in ultra wide which was cool um and also like it looks really nice because it just applies to all the cutscenes and stuff so you kind of get like a little more like a cinematic presentation um Mm. which was a lot of fun uh and i was able to play it uh i don't even have an ultra wide monitor but you can just set it to be ultra wide and have like the black bars and it was cool uh but otherwise, nice. it's just God of War. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I'll finish it, or maybe I'll play it like a little bit throughout the year, like I said, to prep for the new one. Um, mm. But otherwise, the only other thing I've been doing is... Um, oh my god. Uh, you know what? I'll pivot to something real quick I, I didn't put on the thing. Um, anime. Are you guys familiar with the anime Helsing Ultimate? Yes. Okay. No? Um, yes, only in I, I mean, know what it is, but I've not. It's been a while it. since I've watched any Helsing, but um... so it's been a while too. I watched Helsing back in, I guess, early college, and I loved it. Um, Helsing Ultimate is a is a series of like ten OVAs that is an adaptation of the manga that came out in between 2006 to 2012. It took them a very long time to finish it. I think they went through like three animation studios. The art style changed at one point, um, and they had to like redo the original three episodes. I think mm-hmm. that it, it it's had a, like a long history. Um, but I hadn't seen it since then, and I remember really, really liking it. And so I was like, "Oh, we should we should watch this uh, with Georgia." And it is simultaneously um, like 
it's like when you go back and you watch something from high school and you realize like how like different your tastes were and how cringy some of your taste mm-hmm. was like uh <laughs> so throw myself I, into the sun for those who don't know i guess Hel- helsing ultimate is about a vampire uh named alucard who uh lives <laughs> in he works for a organization called helsing and he has uh, i mean the main plot is he's fighting a bunch of nazis um which are excellent. The not the Nazis uh, mm-hmm. are very good um, as villains. Um, okay, so go. I was, was going to say gonna you, needed to, you needed uh, to sorry, as, as as villains. Uh, <laughs> okay. God, I'm even trying to. So it's it's got that like mid two thousands sort of like black butler vibe to it, oh, where it's butler. like very uh, it's very edgy. And it thinks it's very cool, and sometimes it is cool, and other times it's not cool, but that mm-hmm. in its own right makes it very entertaining to watch, if that makes any it, amount of sense. It's right. got absolutely nuclear, uh, edgy Tumblr Yes, yes, it's so yeah. <laughs> mid-2000s Tumblr edgy. In a way where it's like, again, I look back at me in early high school and college, and I'm like, mm. I get why I was obsessed with this and thought it was like the coolest thing ever. And now I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh, oh, God, oh, no. Uh, but also, I'm still having a very fun time watching it because it is uh, unapologetically violent. It is extremely horny um, mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. spots. So if I guess if that's what you're into if you're into like mid 2000s tumblr era edgy horny vampire anime i highly recommend it it's very <laughs> it's it's great <laughs> i don't know i'm having a lot of fun watching it <laughs> like also uh when i watched it back in the day i watched it with the um the dub uh and i remember my roommate in college at the time making fun of me and being like dude this dub is shit and i was like no the the dub's not bad it's fine and so then when i watched it with georgia i was like oh let's try the dub Mm. i guess because that's what i watched dude that Mm. dub is fucking awful it's so bad i was like like, i need to like i I need to like text my old roommate and be like you were right right. i'm so sorry it was it's it's, i'm looking really bad at the IMDb, though, and like, first of all, Alucard is played by Crispin Freeman, who plays Winston. So, there's like Yuri yeah. Lowenthal is in this, Laura yeah. Bailey, Liam O'Brien. So, so, that, so that's the thing is, I was basically uh, cherry picking the good parts of the dub in my head because yeah. I remember Crispin Freeman being really good as Alucard. Um, whoever plays um, Integra Helsing is really good. Like, there are good mm. characters, but then like any character who's not a main character. Is like real bad, mm. and then also uh, Saris, who's one of the other main characters. Her voice actor is unfortunately not that great either. So it's like you ju- it's it's just enough bad that I was like, ooh, ooh, mm. Um, mm. very very half and half. Um, I feel like directors have also gotten better since mid two thousand, yeah. like around like two thousand ten, two thousand fifteen. Like the people that like Funimation, and I think even High Dive was around at that time, were getting better at like. Okay, like, let's bring in people who have, like, really good, like, vocal direction, like, experience to, like, take these very talented people and make their voice sound much better than it normally does. Instead of just having them, here's, like, a direct translation. 
of what it is in Japanese into English. Just read this. And it's like, no, got to do a little bit more work than because that. Because it took them six years <laughs> to make it. So you're, you, you kind of see that happen as you're watching it, where it's like they started in 2006 and you're like, ooh, this feels a little rough. This feels like a 2006 anime. And then like by the, mm. as you keep going, you can see like the quality of it improve over mm. time. And you're like, oh, okay. Um, see, yeah, in that's, my, in that's my... kind of a fun trip. In my brain, like that, that anime is from such an era where everyone was very, very similar vibes. And like, I constantly get not confused, but like my brain lumps that and Trigun right together because the sure. two main characters, like type in Helsing, <laughs> look at that imagery and then type in Trigun. Oh, and it's yeah, basically yeah. like, oh, so is this like a origin story? Because like Vash the Stampede just looks like. <laughs> Uh, a clean version of Alucard, like Vasha Stampede, is who <laughs> gets turned version. into. He looks at Vasha Stampede is who gets bitten by a vampire and then turns into Alucard. And you're like, they, they're both walking. They're both like seven foot. They both got real long red coats. They both got um big guns. The style of and the time. It was, yeah, everyone's doing the same thing. <laughs> Early Alucard for sure. Before the art style kind of got more refined, has big, yeah. mm. big trigun energy. That's the other thing is the art style is so weird in, in Helsing. It's all the characters I think are are super expressive, but um, they don't know how to properly proportion everyone. So like no. all these characters have just these the lankiest arms and just the weirdest figures, uh, like. Like they just look off. You're like these don't look like people, and it works for Alucard because he's like a this just insane immortal vampire. And you're like, okay, like he mm. looks weird, but then you see like normal people whose like faces don't look quite right, or like their bodies look off, and you're like, what is what is going on here? This is it's yeah. it's weird. It's uh, and it's the same in Trigon. Like everyone's got for some reason yeah, really long arms, and you're like, what the hell? Is very going unrefined on? in a way that yeah, it's very it feels very unique to go back to it nowadays because you're like yeah anime does not look like this anymore uh at all uh so that's yeah. kind of fun it's a fun little trip to go back to it um mm -hmm. i I'm, uh, I'm enjoying that um and yeah that's about it otherwise i've been playing a little bit of breath of the wild um mm. i think i'm gonna make this my year where i finally finish breath of the wild um the the reason I picked it up is because uh, I actually got access to a uh, office OLED switch, and um, for to help out with some work stuff. And I was like, "Ooh, what would be a good game to play this on?" And I was like, Ooh, "Maybe it's time to play Breath of the Wild." It is so fucking gorgeous on that screen. Mm. Like, oh, the colors—they pop. It looks so good. So that's that's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, that's about mm. it though. Awesome. Well, now let's actually go to the listener questions. <laughs> If you would like to send us a listener question, you can email us at afterdarkpodcast at gamespot.com or join our Discord. You can help myself or Lucy for entry into that, um, and we will get back to you eventually with an invite after we conduct our various uh, background checks and that kind of business and also actually get to doing it. I know a few people message me, and then I only see it a few days later because my DM inbox is a mess. Um, but we will get there eventually. Uh, Jean-Luc, can you read the first question, please? Sure. This is from uh, our wonderful mod Maria, a.k.a. Serious Business. Uh, she says, so Giant Bomb has confirmed that they won't ever be returning to the office. Is this the same? Is the same true for GameSpot or were you or will you still be hanging out uh, to some studio space? Either way, hope you guys have a safe 
happy and healthy work environment. Oh, thank you, Maria. Um, oh, our office situation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think uh, we're... the first thing this will say is like, I uh, is that I think I'm not sure about the giant bomb thing. Like, that, I don't know where that was mentioned, but we'll take your word for it. Um, yeah. Carry on, John Luke. Oh, I was just gonna say, uh, we still do have a office space and are planning to mm -hmm. go back. Um, in mm -hmm. fact, next week I'm actually gonna hop over to the building to look at some potential studio spaces uh, for us and figure that out. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I'd still like to have a studio personally. Uh, oh yeah, I think studios yeah. are very yeah. nice to RPG have. RPG corner. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would love to one day return and have a nice like in-person uh, podcast uh, set up and mm. for live streams and, um, but. As far as when that'll happen, uh, who knows? Um, I think yeah. we're still, as a team, taking things very cautiously and, and slowly. I feel, I feel like, yeah, in about November, I feel like there was way more momentum about like, oh, we'll be back in the office yeah. next year. And then, I mean, honestly, I'm just very thankful that um, our parent company are taking Omicron so seriously. Yeah. Yes. And they immediately were just like, no, 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 no you know continue to work from home we need to like monitor how this goes mm. um and so it's weird because it's like part of me really really loves working from home i'm not a morning person and i have a 9 a.m every day so if i have to go back into the office i'm like uh okay i am worried about that too <clears throat> yeah, yeah I've, i'm like damn i'm gonna have to like wake up early enough to get on to <laughs> bart to get yeah. into yeah. the city to go to my early morning meetings instead of just being like, yeah. oh, I rolled out of bed and I grabbed a coffee and I changed yeah. and took some clothes and then I just hopped on a webcam. <laughs> like, I I can't envision a world where I wear proper clothes again every day. Like, my my poor Lululemons will be like, why have you abandoned us? You know? But it's like, but at the same time, we when, we went into the office at the end of last year to do Game of the Year and that was, like, so good just mm -hmm. to see everyone and hang out and just... So I'm, it's like, it's a weird one, but if we have to keep working from home for a little bit until Omicron hopefully blows over, then that's fine. But like, I'm excited to see yeah. everyone in the office again. Yeah. Uh, just officially stated Red Ventures policy, just so we can have that on record mm -hmm. and make sure there's no misinterpretation from mm -hmm. the, uh, from the other side. Like the company policy is that there is plans to go back to the office. Um, there's a lot of benefit in doing that, but mm -hmm. we are currently... The Red Ventures is taking Omicron and Corona as a as a kind of ongoing thing with the highest level of seriousness, and there yeah. are no risks being taken. Um, very few mm -hmm. situations have arisen where people have been um, taking risks with that stuff. And any any time we have gone onto your office, it's been with the understanding that procedure and policy is followed strictly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um it was very very they took a, they made us jump through quite a few hoops um to go back into the office for game of the year and while we were there there was very few people who were in the office and everyone there was vaccinated to a degree um yep. with omicron kind of surging um that's going to continue to be the the case uh although we are doing stuff like what jean-luc is doing and making inroads in planning to go back that's just a case of if it um if it proves to be doable um when not gonna no one is being forced to go into work and at the same time the company is also being very kind of uh forthcoming and flexible in mm -hmm. terms of how we want to approach a hybrid model they're totally cool with us so 
we're figuring out independent individually as teams and people if we want to do how we want to split up our days there are also other concerns to think about like you know we all have console set up at home um that help us do our do our jobs and those are in a lot of cases personal consoles um we're not in a situation where we can return to the office and very easily buy uh consoles to to help us do our work at our desks because they're oh, not available shit. yep um it's not like we can roll out and buy uh, you know 40 ps5s for everyone on the team um but because... we can buy more ps4s god damn it yeah, yeah. <laughs> making more <laughs> and making more so that's a consideration as well and that kind of impacts how we do our jobs and same goes for like xbox consoles and mm. it's tricky so there's a lot of like j- balls to juggle and plates to spin but i think the number one that everyone is focusing on is is it safe yeah. so yeah i like i know a lot of us are excited to be in the same space again and work off the creative energy of being together but um ultimately our health is is what matters yeah i was really just thinking the other day how much i do miss that that creative energy working like together where you can just like yeah. bounce ideas off of each other and and you know um i mean you just you Doesn't get ideas have to be a meeting from, you can just turn around and just like just yell talk to somebody and that just gets you like <laughs> i mean there's so many times in the office where you just have like a conversation with somebody you're just talking mm-hmm. about a game and then it's like wow that was a great conversation or like it, it sparks an idea for like a cool yeah. feature or yeah. something and also on the video it, side there's so much more like cool collaborative types of like on-camera yeah. stuff you can do that's just not possible remotely yeah and like you I draw really, a lot really of miss... energy from just being yeah. like i the amount of times i turn around and see like oh there's ben or i'd look over my divider and john luke's there playing destiny or something and mm. and like peter was there or or like you know lucy's over there chopping it up with kurt and it's just like a reminder that oh you're not only just here as a job a lot of your your mm. when when the work is hard you get to remind yourself that you work with your friends your like closest yeah, friends yeah. and that's like so valuable yeah that's i miss really- the um no i was gonna say one of the things i miss it's like related is like the the 5 p.m from yeah. someone turning yeah. on the playstation on the xbox <laughs> yeah and then everyone Fucking just peter like and rob it's time for peter rob. and rob playing rocket league and apex i think i think in like the way that peter used to play um rocket league and use the predictive text to talk to people i was one of the hardest i've ever laughed oh my god oh, yeah i thought it was but the also, funniest like, shit it's GDQ, and you know that's what the speed yeah. zone was built for, yeah. and we would just have it up on a monitor all, all day. day, every day. Um, yeah, yeah, I miss that a lot. And like Friday, end of the day, five o'clock, everyone just gathers. May on a Friday, it was like three thirty. Three Don't lie to the people. We're like we did not gathering around five. a big TV. Like everyone's got <laughs> snacks and drinks, mm, and like yeah. we're watching. I don't know, Jojo or like just random YouTube videos or watching yeah. a movie and people who used to work at this uh, game spot come in and, mm-hmm. you know, like Mary would show up, Gadge would show up when she was around anyway. And like, yeah. um, like our people's partners would show up and, and it was just like, it was weird how like for me being there in the first, I, I got to experience it for just a couple of months before this happened. And it was like, oh, this is a focal point for everyone i know and like in this in this city like the, everyone just shows up and like mm-hmm. it was so good like people from ign used to come over yeah. and 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 like we just hang out and and shoot the shit and play smash or just piss about and 
was so much fun. I, I miss it so much. I'm so yeah. sad that we were not like in the office when Halo Infinite launched because oh, like yeah. the possibility oh, of like Friday rolling around oh. and it's like, all right, everyone's done with work. Everyone just jump onto <laughs> Halo yeah. Infinite. Let's play some big team battle. Yeah. We have enough oh, people man. for a full team yeah. of 16. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. I think I think it's clear that we want to well, go back to the office. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Lucy, can you read the next question, please? Says Kevin from West Hartford, Virginia. Uh, oh, hey, After Dark crew, me. with Elden Ring on the horizon, can I pitch Tam a video idea, video idea he didn't ask for? <laughs> Tam, how about a video of you tackling a boss across your various playthroughs so we, oh lowly mortals, can bear witness to your ever-growing might? As someone who will only play through it once or twice, it would be great watching your progression. Um, that sounds like an interesting idea. Secondly, your your video picture should be directed at Lucy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it's approved. Uh, sweet, sweet, sweet. Um, that's an interesting Tam's idea. Just sitting over like here, is like, look, I'm just dreading the review. I'm not even thinking oh, about it. Yeah, I was, I was thinking that as well. Opportunities. Oh God, I don't know if I'm ready for it. <laughs> I am both just ready for re- recovered it. from Sekiro. Yeah. Dude, uh, why is everything it. in the world coming out around the exact same time? I'm looking at Elden Ring. I'm like, fuck, I'm going to have to like try to rush. But also, this. we're going to be like ankle deep in Horizon still at that mm. point, yeah. too. Horizon. Yeah. The Destin- Destiny 2's expansion comes out then. Right. Yep. That was the other yep. big one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I mean. 500 hours of Dying Light. Oh, God. Well, Dying Light 2 gets... I mean, that, they, they walked that back, yeah. but still, it's going to be a big game. They get 20 to 25 hours for me. Unless I'm somehow on the review for that, they get 20, 25 Nah, Jordan, they said eight, it's 80 with all the quests. Those quests might be good, Jordan. Dude, Who knows? The thing is, like, what happens is, like, I'll, I'll start, I'll do the thing, knowing that it's 80 hours for all the quests, and I'll be like, okay, I'm going to try and do everything, all the quests, side quests. The moment there's one shit side quest, I'm abandoning that. <laughs> That's how it works. Stop, yeah. That's how it works. Like, if you're going to come at me with, like, we've got 8 million side quests. If one of those are shit, I'm not playing the rest of them. That's how it works. Like, it I, better be popping every single time if you're going to ask for 80 hours. I would really That's love to. That's a lot of time. I want to see a more detailed breakdown of what that 500 hours entails. Because they said, like, okay, it's like 25 for the story. 80 for all the side quests. Where's the other? Where's the other they, 420 yeah, it, it's hours? It's 100% like, 500 includes the different yeah. like endings and choices too. So it's like multiple play playthroughs, right? Yeah, of the mm-hmm. game exactly. So, so that like implies like you're repeating content at that point to like make that happen. Yeah. So yes. And it is like a hundred percent completion. You have seen everything that is possible to see in right. this software. Experience. It's probably getting all the achievements slash trophies. Is yeah, which will be kill X hours. number of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oof. At, at which point, if you're doing that, you've got no one to blame but yourself. Like, if, it's you, true. if it turns out, like, you can't roll. There's only like, like four hours. games in the world that I have more than five hundred. <laughs> Play time. Oh, we're in. doing the 500 hour disco. That's like, that's madness. Yeah. <laughs> or half of those yeah. Assassin's Creed games. No, not yeah. none of the Assassin's one, one Creed of, games. One of them is close. just. I think the closest one is Odyssey at like yeah. 140 or something mm. like that. Like, I can't even guess what your ones are, Jordan. I would guess Apex. Apex is my second most played game. I'm just Damn, over a thousand hours in that game. A thousand? One, oh, I'm just over a thousand. There's one game that I've played two days worth of time more so than uh, Apex. Um, what is it? 
Rocket League. Mm, Rocket oh. League. Yeah. Uh, I should have guessed. I have, a, yeah. I have more than I care to admit, I feel like, for that amount. Uh, I've, I have at least 2,000 hours in both Destiny games separately. So 2,000 hours in Destiny mm-hmm. 1 and Destiny 2. I know I have at least 600 hours in Animal Crossing New Horizons. Uh, Jeez. I must have at least three to 400 in Mass Effect 2 because I played that game like 10 times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Mine, what a waste of life. Overwatch, <laughs> Mass Effect. I don't know. It's weird to say that I only have only have 100 hours in Persona 5 and then an additional 100 hours in Persona 5 Royal. Mm. Uh, <laughs> only. <laughs> only. Only. Um, yeah, it's it's such a weird way of thinking about your like, life. That's a long time. Like, isn't 500 hours 25 full days, I think? Don't they claim... Time? Isn't there, like, some sort of thing where they're like, Oh, you need to put 500 hours into a skill to become like a master at it or something, something like, that. like no, that. No, that's that's 10,000, isn't oh, 10, it? Oh, yeah, 10,000. I feel like it's it's a yeah. bit okay. yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, so All right, that makes me feel have like disproven yeah. that as well. Okay. Still, the think of how many hours I could have put into learning how to draw instead of <laughs> checking my Mine? turnips. And I'll admit, like, if Dying Light 2 is really really fun and it's worth that 500 hours, like great for people who want to do mm-hmm. that, like I know of plenty of people who've put that time into GTA, to Skyrim, yeah. into Red Dead, Breath of the Wild. Like there are tons of games, single player games, that people have put five hundred plus hours into. But I don't know. I remember playing the original Dying Light and being like, "This is okay for what it is," mm-hmm. and I'm okay just playing fifteen, twenty hours of it. Yeah. I think my my one would probably be Bloodborne. I've definitely mm. got more than 500 hours easily. Oh. Um, and That's uh, impressive. Considering I think there's no it's, multiple it's multiple playthroughs. Play yeah, and each playthrough is like yeah. a good 80 hours if you do everything. Yeah, exactly. Um, I've definitely got 500 plus on Overwatch. But I think my number one game still across all time is probably Counter-Strike. Because yeah. um, I basically played that for years, morning to night. And just watch my body fall apart and my brain wither. Oh, yeah. Um, And it was fantastic. Um, (laughs) I I, I miss it. Um, Yeah, but but that's going like I started playing Counter Strike with 1.4 and then played it through five. um, Those iterations, Condition Zero, Source, and Global Offensive for a bit. Um, So that's multiple iterations of one game. Right. But yeah. Um, I've always wondered how much I've played of games that I clearly remember playing a lot of when I was a kid, Mm -hmm. but, like, there was no real timer for them. Like, I remember spending an ungodly number amount in Fantasy Star Online, but I could not tell you, like... The hour count, yeah. Yeah, like, it's Mm -hmm. probably at least over 200 hours, but I'm like, Mm -hmm. was it close to 500? Maybe. I don't know. I played a hell of a lot of Metal Gear Solid 1. But the thing is, like, that game, like, I, I know that I've played it maybe, like, 50 times. But after the third time, you basically know how to turn the 10-hour game into a four-hour game. So yeah. it, like, chops how, how long you're actually <laughs> playing down. So it's probably not even close to, like, um, 500. But, um, yeah. 
Anyways, thank you for listening to the GameSpot After Dark podcast. Uh, John Luke, where can people find you? What are you up to? Uh, you can find me at John Luke Seipke on Twitter. Um, I'm just working on some stuff in the background. Uh, if you are interested in how God of War looks on PC uh, compared to the uh, game running on a PS5, I did a video on that. Uh, otherwise, mm-hmm. I'm just yeah working on some stuff in the background, thinking about what I want to do for the year sorting my life out you know yeah i know that (laughs) putting together absolutely banging notion project yeah exactly yes Um, i'm gonna full-time notion is the the king of uh uh streamlining notion for us that's what it is uh jordan uh, yeah. You can find yeah. me over on Twitter at JM Ramey. Uh, I'm not really working on. Oh, buddy, s- you're about to be because I've <laughs> about got to a say, code like, for a video game there for you. Are, I know that there are codes coming in for several games, and I am on one of them. So <laughs> I might oh, be yeah, working on something ready. soon. And by Friday, I have to tell Tam what projects I would like to tackle in mm-hmm. 2022. So, mm-hmm. uh, that's that's what I. By the time this podcast airs, Tam knows what's going on. Yeah, I'll know. I'll know. <laughs> Lucy, uh, I'm on Twitter at Lucy James Games. I'm streaming Metal Gear Solid. Well, I'll be done with Metal Gear Solid by the time Ooh. this episode goes out. Mate, it took me two hours to beat Liquid Snake last night. <laughs> <laughs> not not Liquid Liquid. The Hind D fight. Which the was, Hind D well, fight. Mm. We, because I absolutely biffed my run up to that bit so i had one ration no hell yeah it was tricky. oh it was it was we got there in the end though and then it was it was was a fun it was a fun time but it was also like my weirdly like my biggest fear is like getting stuck on a boss on stream because i didn't want to get like frustrated or anything but i feel like i didn't because the chat was so Mm -hmm. nice and like guiding me through it um but yeah uh i'm I'm doing that and then i'm probably going to do metal gear solid 2 a game that's weirdly hard to track down on PC at the mm. moment because uh, Konami still haven't put it back up. So yeah. I think I'm going to have to get it on Xbox. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find me. And at work... It's not on Xbox uh, either. I mean, you can find the disc, yeah. but you can't... <laughs> yeah, if I find the disc. Yeah. I mean, on PlayStation Now is going to be the... I think is the only place you can Can you still play it on there? Okay. Solid 2. Because the HD oh, collection yeah. is... Because uh, I, I yeah. had to load it up. I had to pull out my PS3, which I happen to have it already downloaded. Oh, that's, that's the well, only I, way I was able to play it recently. I have it digitally, so worst case scenario, you could just log in. use my account and, and download it, um, yeah. which, which is fine. And then, yeah, thank yeah. you. Um, but yeah, and then work-wise, uh, helping out with a bunch of stuff, doing an evolution of Rainbow Six that's coming out next week um, to celebrate extraction which is next week which i forgot about uh and then we're doing very online in that game there are 62 operators that's too many you have to scroll from a first page to a second page (laughs) to see all the operators that are in siege now gross they wanted to go for 100 Um, at one point but i don't think they might no i don't think they're ever gonna get there Mm. i don't think they'll ever hit the 100 uh and very online show on giant bomb Mm mm-hmm uh, I'm at Tamor H on Twitter and also on Twitch. I am streaming Dark Souls 3 and Rise and random other shit. So come check it out. And then at work, I am doing a 
signing people. I'm giving people work. That's what I'm doing currently. I'm telling people. We're all doing our bloody performance reviews at the minute. That's what we're Mm. doing. Uh, They were like, what did you do from last year? And I was like, my man, I cannot remember last week. Don't ask me about last year. Don't come at me. Don't ask me nothing right now. I literally had to open my profile page and just start scrolling back through the months. It's like, what did I do this past Mm -hmm. year? I just wrote in all caps, don't chat to me. And do not it. perceive me yeah um but yeah uh i'm working on a bunch of things um but yeah we'll we'll see you on the next episode don't forget to rate and review and on on various podcast platforms please it helps us immensely um you wouldn't believe how important it is to have uh reviews on these podcasts so mm. please take the time out to do it and uh, uh mlm some friends into doing it as well people have been doing MLM. it i've been reading some of the ones on uh, apple at least fantastic We'll start reading those reviews out from next week. Um, But yeah. Hell yeah. Peace, everyone. Bye. Bye.